Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. In each Christian life, that time will come when we are driven to our knees. Those were words written by one of the Bible commentators I read this week. I want to read you a few more sentences of what he said as he reflected on this passage. In each Christian life, that time will come when we are driven to our knees. Our child dies. We lose a job. A routine doctor's visit reveals we have a terminal illness. We finally can no longer deny that we have an addiction. Through no will of our own, we find ourselves divorced. The question at such times is not, are we strong enough to bear the pain? He says we are not. The question is, are we pliant enough to accept the circumstance and give our lives and our will to God. He goes on to write, Our own resources are inadequate. We are utterly defeated. And then he quotes Abraham Lincoln, who said, I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had absolutely no other place to go. What does it mean to empty oneself or to be emptied out by life? What is the difference between being humiliated and being humbled or choosing humility? What does it mean to surrender control of our lives to God or to ask for God's will to be done in our lives? The passage today to these early Christians in Philippi Paul says that Jesus emptied himself, that Jesus humbled himself, that he did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped or controlled or exploited. Paul says to these early Christians at Philippi, he kind of encourages them, but it almost has the sense of a demand, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. The biblical scholars remind us that we should keep a contrast in mind on this Sunday when we think about Palm Sunday and the procession of Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Mostly rural people, poor, working poor, coming to form a parade or a procession, raising their palm branches they've brought in from the fields, honoring this one, this humble one, their king, who's riding into town 
on a donkey. But they say on that same day, there was another procession on the other side of town. This time it's Pontius Pilate coming to town in the front of an imperial army, a sign of force and foreign oppression coming in with the imperial guard, the soldiers, the cavalry, all coming to Jerusalem. One has a mindset that power over and might makes right brings peace. The other mindset of Jesus coming in on a donkey is saying that humility and the way of love is the way to peace. Paul writes about it like this. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And then Paul makes it even more explicitly clear in the very next sentence, and being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself. You heard a similar kind of story when Kathy stood up to read from Mark. I'm going to read you the Palm Sunday portion from Matthew. You will hear it again. When they had come near Jerusalem and reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophets, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look. Your king is coming to you, humble, humble, and mounted on a donkey. Jesus has pre-planned this, I think, to draw out this contrast between his kingdom coming and the empire, the kingdom of Rome. He's riding in, surrounded by poor people on a borrowed donkey, over against the show of royalty and wealth, of overwhelming force, a symbol, though, of foreign oppression. When we read Philippians or read through the Gospels, we can see the purposeful choice of humility. Throughout the stories of Holy Week, you see Jesus painting this contrast, trying to show us the difference between being humiliated and choosing humility. The difference between being killed or being one of those who's doing the killing. The difference between choosing suffering as a way to identify with the poor and the exploited rather than being one who's causing the suffering and creating the exploitation. Paul says Jesus chooses to give up divinity that Jesus chooses to not regard equality with God as something to be grasped or exploited or controlled but gives it up freely Jesus makes the journey from heaven to earth to reveal the way for us to make the journey from earth to heaven 
It is his passion, his great love for humanity, this deep love, this sensitivity, this feeling of care for others that leads Jesus in his love to suffer on the behalf of all of us. This deep love for us, for each one of us, drives him to give up this equality with God, these divine power and privileges to come to earth, to walk with us, to be with us, to walk this path of suffering and humility, to show us the way to life, life abundant and life eternal. He reveals what it is to humbly live in God's love. And it is a passionate love or a suffering love, identifying with others, making the life of the others integrated within your own life, making the concerns of others a part of your own concern. Jesus identifies with the common people the least, the last, the lost, the little, the marginalized, the overlooked, the wounded, the hurt, the suffering. It is the mind of Christ is what Paul calls it. The mind of Christ. It's what he calls these early Christians at Philippi to embrace as their own, to embrace just as Jesus did, to walk in this way of humility in the way of passion or feeling or compassion, feeling for others, and to integrate that in your very being and in all of your living. In the verses right before where we began to read those first four verses in chapter 2 of Philippians, Paul spells it out. He says, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you, Look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. And then he goes on to say to those Philippians, let that mind of Christ be in you. The good news is that this path to life, this path from earth to heaven is open and available to all. It matters not where you were born or where you have been. It matters not what profession you engage in, how many successes or failures you might have had. It matters not the color of your skin or the orientation of your loves. Jesus says this path is open to each and every one of us. This path is open to all of God's children. Anyone can walk this path, Jesus says. Anyone can choose humility can choose to care for another. Any of us can choose the same mind, can choose the same love, can offer compassion and sympathy and encouragement in Christ. Paul says to these early Christians at Philippi, be of the same mind. 
be of the same love. If you have any encouragement or any sympathy in you, share it with others in the name of Christ. I've been telling you about the Lenten Easter offering. You hear me say it every week during Lent and that 100% of the proceeds go elsewhere. One of the reasons we receive the offering in Lent is it puts us in this proper perspective, this right mindset of thinking of others, of doing for others, of giving for others, of being willing to sacrifice for someone else. Our stewardship campaign that we do every October asking you to think about resources that you have and what God might be calling you to share with others and then make an estimate of that comes from the same place. It's in the spirit of the biblical teaching of giving first to God on behalf of others, being willing to share what you have for the good of someone else. Let that same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. A final story, there were two brothers shared a farm and a mill. Every day at the end of work, they divided up the grain they had gathered or milled. And then one night, one of the brothers who was single was thinking about his brother who was married and had children. And he thought, you know what? He should get a little more than half. He has to take care of a family. So he decided secretly every night he would take some grain to his brother's barn. He knew he would never agree to receive it willingly, so each night he would take it. Unbeknownst to him, his brother had a different thought. He thought, oh, my brother who is single, who's going to take care of him in his old age? He has nobody. He will need a little more grain to make it throughout his life. So he decided every night after he put his children to bed to go to his store and get a bundle of grain and take it to his brother's granary. And then, as you might have guessed, one night they run into each other, both carrying a big bundle of grain, and they realize immediately what has been going on, and they drop the grain and run to each other and embrace. And one version of the story says that God witnessed all of this. And on that night, as they embrace, God proclaimed, this is the place. This is the place where earth and heaven unite. Amen.